Good morning, church. I want to welcome everyone to today's message. And clearly, if you are hearing this message, you are not with us in person. So remember, we have Sunday school at 10 a.m. And our traditional worship service starts at 11. We would love to have you come and be in worship with us. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be in the ninth chapter of John. And this chapter is so packed with much that relates to, I think, how we see the world around us today. So again, today's scripture is in John chapter 9, and we're going to start with verse 1. Now the header in my Bible says, Jesus heals a blind man. Now this man was born blind, and so this is a very interesting interaction that I think we still can have this conversation today very easily. And I'm not going to say this conversation is out of ignorance, but more out of curiosity. We are constantly asking the why question of why is this going on? Why is God allowing this? I think we've all experienced it or at least heard this conversation. So John chapter 9 verse 1 and it starts, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he would be born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be on display in him. As long as it is today, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in this world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, Jesus spit on the ground and made some mud. And then he put them on the man's eyes. And he said, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Now this word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who formerly had seen him begging, asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. And he replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes, and told me to go to slum and wash. So I went, I washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they ask? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, as I read this scripture, the first thing that comes to mind is, I once was blind, but now I see. God, right now we pray for clarity and discernment. To see a deeper understanding. To receive a deeper knowledge of the message that you need each of us to hear today. Lord, we ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen son, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So the ninth chapter of John is, is actually one long story with many points in it. So we're actually going to be spending a couple weeks in this chapter. 
But right off, the disciples asked Jesus a question. Who sinned? Was it this man? Was it his parents? And there's a need to know. There's a, a need to point out the sin origin for this man's blindness. So they're talking to the Redeemer. Who knows the sin of all? I mean, who better to ask? You know, I have had people say, well, God used something to punish this person, or God used this to punish that person. I actually once heard someone say that cancer was used to punish someone because they were such a sinner. Now, this was actually said to the child of the parent who was in the battle of cancer. Now, let me tell you, you want to see fangs grow real quick, you start acting like you know the will of God as a punisher and that you're telling everybody how God is punishing everybody, that will cause a very awkward moment. We are not to speak of God's will in that parameter because we are not sitting at the right hand of God the Father. We are not sitting in judgment. But you know, the disciples are making an assumption of this sin. They're making an assumption that it's tied to a difficult situation or circumstance. Making assumptions like this is very dangerous. This same assumption is like the assumption of Job's friends. You know, we call them friends, but they were probably more like frenemies. These three guys show up and they start pointing out Job's situations and saying it's a direct reflection of God's disfavor for Job. They basically told Job that he must be going through a punishment from God. You know, they're saying that he had sinned and now God has basically turned his back on Job. How many times have we assumed or made assumptions and had no idea of the true details of the situation. For those that have been hurt by the church, they look at that when we make assumptions and we are the hypocritical church. We're the high and mighty. You know, when you, when you tell someone like these guys told Job that the reason he lost his children was because God was punishing him for sin, how dare you make that assumption? How dare you speak on God's behalf? They literally stood pointing their bony finger of righteous indignation at Job. You know, we quickly forget that when we're pointing one finger at someone, we have the judgment of God also looking at our own sins. The problem with this assumption is that when we actually read the book of Job and begin to have a deeper understanding of the full book, then we see this was not the case at all. There was not a specific reason for anything in Job's life to bring on punishment. That assumption is so incorrect. But in the same case here, it's the same thing with the disciples. So hundreds of years between the two stories, and it's just proof to me, maybe this is my own little little world here, but it's proof to me that we still have the same mindset generations later. 
you know, in recovery, we call that stinking thinking. When we believe what has been handed down through generations without testing or asking for an explanation, we don't ask for a deeper clarity or understanding. Here's a quick story just to just to prove my little my little thought process here. So there was a lady and she cooked a ham. Now this lady was born in the 70s and no it was not me. The story is not about anybody specifically I know. And as she would cook a ham, she would cut both the ends off. And her her husband said, "Why do you do this?" Her response was, "Well, I don't know. This is how my mom did it." Her husband said, "Why?" She said, I don't know. So they called her mom. Mom, why do you cut the ends of the ham off before you cook it? She said, well, because your grandmother did it. So they called the grandmother. Grandmother, why do you cut the ends off the ham? She said, because our ovens were smaller back then and the hams wouldn't fit. She said, oh, I don't cut the ends off now. You know, we can easily get stuck in the mindset of something being correct Because we've seen it for generations. Okay, back to scripture. That was just my little side note there. The disciples were in the presence of the perfect person to ask the why question. The disciples had two questions. That's it. Was this a result of his sin or his parents' sin? There was no other option. Oftentimes we end up actually cornering ourselves because we leave no room for other options of explanation. It's kind of like trying to fit God into a box. We need to fit it into our mindsets so that we can comprehend or have a better understanding so that we can accept what we're seeing for our own understanding. But Jesus answered by saying it was neither. It was not the sin of the man or his parents. Now, Jesus is not saying they were without sin. This is not a specific sin that he's being punished for. And now it's blind. So Jesus begins to correct their their false assumption to their why question. Then Jesus brought clarity to their thought process. We must Constantly pray for clarity and discernment. And that is a deeper understanding to stretch our comprehension. Jesus said that this happened so that the work of God may be displayed in his life. The works of God revealed in the life of the blind man. Jesus was saying blindness existed In this man's life so that God's glory could be on display for others to see through this man's life. Now, I get that this is hard for some to believe. They have a hard time believing because they have not experienced it. But if we experience it, then we've received the clarity through the work of God in the lives of those around us and in our own lives. We've received a revelation. So many times we forget God's ways are so much higher than anything about ours. Isaiah 55, it reminds us that God says, My ways are not your ways, for even the heavens are higher than the earth. So my ways are higher than your ways. So if we think about it like this, 
our thought process and our understanding is confined to our own experiences. Our own experiences are like a single drop of water. That's it, just a single drop. So our thought process is as big as that single drop of water. But yet God's ways, His process, His thoughts, His understanding is more than all the waters of the earth. This is why we need to continually pray for clarity and understanding on a deeper level. We pray for God to give us a new perspective so we can see God's glory on display through our lives and the lives of those around us. And I'll tell you, sometimes I struggle with this because I get caught up in seeing the trials of others. I get caught up in seeing the hurting of people because they are in struggles. My focus, like the disciples, is easily placed on the wrong aspects of the situation. Again, this goes back to we have the same mindset now thousands of years apart. But this blind man was over 40 years old. Think about that. A majority of his life was spent in darkness. He had to probably beg for the basics. He had a family. He couldn't work and provide for them. You know, I'm I'm like, God, here's somebody begging. They're struggling. Your word says that, that your glory could be on display. Can I tell you that sometimes I struggle with that simple question of, but why, God? It's because my understanding is not on his level. So I get caught up in the why. I'm not saying the why is bad. We don't need to get stuck there. I feel like sometimes I keep hitting a wall of not understanding. But every time I feel like I'm hitting the wall, that is my reminder. I need to start praying for clarity and discernment. I have to keep myself in check with a few questions. The first one is, what do I really know about this situation? The next one is, what makes me think I even know anything about this situation? And then, how much can I really understand about the situation? Because I'm going to tell you, there's some things that people have been through that other people could never survive. I've witnessed it. I've seen it. But regardless, I keep saying, God, please give me a deeper understanding. Please give me a deeper understanding. I'm sorry, I must be hitting toes again. They're texting and calling me. God, please give me a deeper understanding if you are going to use me in this situation. Jesus chose not to give any other explanation other than this is so that the glory of God could be on display. So, is Jesus saying, this is the amount of knowledge you need. So now you need to put your trust and faith in the one who sees all and knows all and provides for all. Because God is who he said he is. And that all of his creation is good. Sometimes we cannot handle the amount of knowledge that we would need to have a full understanding of every situation because the situation will not change our lives 
But I promise you, seeing the glory of God in somebody's life move, it will change your life. Church, this morning my question for you. Are you praying for clarity and discernment? Are you stuck in the wise? Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, there's there's so many times we get stuck. Our focus is, is on the why. Our focus is on the not understanding. Lord, may we have a deeper understanding of your will and how we can apply that to our lives. And Lord, if it's not something that is anything to do with us, direct us, change our focus, move us where you need us to be so that we can continue growing in our faith walk and grow closer to you. And now we pray with one voice, the way you taught your disciples to pray so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Church, please know I'm praying for you. Anytime you have prayer concerns, you're please just reach out. Send a message. I would love to walk this journey through prayer with you. And I hope that one day you can uh, actually join us in person, if you haven't already, for our traditional worship at Ebenezer United Methodist Church. But until then, always remember, speak life, be a blessing, and put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Until next time, much agape, everybody.